seeing around corners in a post-pandemic world. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Rita McGrath, speaker, strategic advisor, author, and professor at Columbia Business School. Welcome, Rita. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Give us, uh, or give our audience, if you will, a quick summary of your professional background. Sure. So um, my work has historically been at the intersection of strategy and innovation. And when I first started, all the cool kids in strategy were doing, you know, industry analysis and looking outside the firm. And I was interested in what went on inside firms and how people made strategic decisions. And over the years, I've written five books. Um, my work on how you plan and think about high uncertainty situations is now starting to make its way into the mainstream. I, I think uh, I've been at Columbia for quite a long time. Before that, I was doing my PhD at the Wharton School uh, where I worked in the entrepreneurship center there. Um, and today I split my time between writing and research, uh, working with companies. And since the beginning of the pandemic, there's been a huge interest in how do we think about this? How do we define uncertain times? How do we get our heads around the next step? Uh, and, uh, and working on tools to make it easier for people to do innovative things. In fact, you released a book titled Seeing Around Corners, how to spot inflection points in business before they happen. What motivated you to write this book and what kind of research is behind it? So the motivation came actually from uh, running across an old book by Andy Grove, which was written in the 90s, about the major inflection point that uh, Intel was going through. And the book was called Only the Paranoid Survive. And it seemed to me that nothing really had been done on this notion of big strategic inflection points um, since then that was, was serious. And that got me interested. And for me, a book has to really take form in my brain. It has to kind of, a lot of data points have to come together before I think something's worthy of a whole book length treatment. Um, and as I really got into the subject, it became pretty clear that people didn't have the answers to three questions, which form the backbone of the book. So the first is, how do you see those early warning signs? How do you decide what to do about them? Because it's a high uncertainty bet in the early stages. And then how do you bring the organization with you as you are moving through? I think one thing that really crystallized the concept for this book was um, a friend of mine sent me a um, article and the article was called, uh, what if you changed the world and nobody noticed? And in the article, they recount how, for example, the invention of manned flight, the, you know, the Wright brothers first flight, not picked up by any mainstream outlet for a day, a week, a month, two years before anybody said, hang on, manned flight, that's revolutionary. And it really made me understand that for most inflection points, what we're dealing with is uh, a line from an old Hemingway novel, which was, how did you go bankrupt? Um, and the answer was, well, gradually, and then suddenly. And that really made me think that, you know, most of these inflection points, yes, when they're upon us, they feel as though they came out of nowhere. And yet when you look back, there've always been people who saw them, the weak signals were there. It's just, we didn't have the imagination or the thoroughness to really appreciate what they might mean. The book at the shelves just before COVID hit the headlines, what kind of inflection Point did the pandemic present? And, and what kind of organizations were able to see around the COVID corner, if you will, to adapt to the new circumstances? 
couple of ways of looking at that question. So I think, um, firstly, the advent of some kind of pandemic is, is not something that wasn't anticipated. Um, you know, Bill Gates gave a famous TED talk about this in 2015. I mean, this is going back five years before this became a reality. The um, President Bush, I believe it was, uh, was so freaked out about a book he'd read about the 1918 pandemic that he basically ordered an all hands on deck review of our preparedness and put in place significant uh, preparation regimes. Now here's the problem, um, to prepare for something that's highly uncertain, that takes resources today, is something human beings are pretty terrible at. Um, <laughs> that, you know, we, we can see the clear and present cost today and maybe this bad thing is gonna happen and maybe it won't. And a, a great analogy to this to me is the whole Y2K issue, which is back in the nineties, you know, computer programmers realized that programming systems all over the world had been programmed with only two digits for the date. And come the year 2000, all these mach machines were gonna think it was 1900. And this was gonna be dire, you know, airplanes were gonna drop out of the sky and nuclear plants were going to become unstable. And so the big moment happened, 2001, the year. What happened? Nothing happened. Why did nothing happen? We took the early warning seriously. We built the entire Indian outsourcing industry. We committed ourselves to making sure that these things would not occur. And there are always going to be people afterwards who snipe at you and say, oh, see, you overreacted. See, this is too far. And, you know, had we had pandemic measures in place, this is fascinating to me, and it had become something like what SARS was or even what AIDS was or even in its darkest moments, Ebola was. And yes, very dire, very serious, but kind of a short-lived problem we lived through, there would have been lots and lots of people saying, see, all that money we spent on pandemic preparedness really didn't make sense. So it's one of the quirks of uh, human nature. So the organizations I think that have done best in navigating through the pandemic have a couple of qualities um, in common. Uh, I think the first one is an absolute commitment to facts and the truth and being honest about what's really going on and not giving in to wishful thinking. I think way too often we confuse our preferences with our predictions and operate on the basis of, well, the future is going to be what we prefer. The future is, as Gary Hamill would say, remarkably indifferent to our preferences. So honesty, I think, is the first thing. Secondly, is being, being realistic about what your degrees of freedom really were. Um, get your portfolio in order. Drop the things that you can't sustain anymore. Be realistic about, you know, initially it's, of course, it's safety and it's survivability and it's, you know, can I move very quickly to stabilize things? And then it's looking for opportunities. You know, are there places where we can take our skills and uh, redirect them into um, areas where there is still opportunity? And some of the firms that really got this right, and there are many of the usual suspects, use this as an opportunity to double down on their investments. Um, I would also say that a lot of organizations have had to embrace the digital agenda, you know, and for those of us that believe embracing the digital agenda is a good thing, this has been a very powerful accelerant. <laughs> so as my friend David Kidder and, and I joke about, it's like, we don't have to make the case for change anymore. <laughs> so that's been a good thing. Tell us about the edges and why it's so important to be present there. Well, this is back to this notion of weak signals and, and being there when they're first making themselves felt. And the thing about inflection points is they don't start up squarely in the midst of your business, like some major announcement has occurred. Uh, they bubble up at the extremities, at the edges, at the, you know, the places where 
a customer service rep says, well, that's weird. Nobody ever said that before. Or, you know, there's some perturbation in the, the delivery system or something has changed that makes it radically easier or radically less expensive for a competitor to copy something that you're doing. And those things don't show up in your day-to-day operations, often for months or even years after they first started to make themselves felt. So if you go back to any of the famous firms that you know, were very successful at one point and then flamed out, uh, you find this common pattern where senior leaders don't want to acknowledge that things have changed or aren't prepared to see the magnitude of those changes or just want to wish it away as an inconvenient factor. Um, and yet paying close attention to the edges, that's where I find the leaders get a lot of insight. The book includes an interesting summary process at the end of chapters. Explain those. Well, you know, books are big and heavy and long (laughs) and executives time is short and time pressured and short. And so I thought, even if you didn't feel like diving into the whole chapter, there's still something you can take out of each of the insights as the book goes through the the three things I talked about. So what can we understand about seeing these inflection points coming? How do we construct what it really means for us? So there's a whole chapter on weak signals, how you pick them up, how you construct time zero events. Then how do we decide what to do? And there the recommendation is you really want to be engaged in discovery because if it is a true inflection point, there's a lot that's not known um, and won't be known for some time. So your job is not to run the plan the way it was, your job is to discover as quickly as you can what this new reality looks like. And then there's the whole organizational and personal piece. And I felt that was really important. So at the end of the book, I really talk about personal inflection points. What does this mean for you as an individual? And interestingly, we all go through personal inflection points. Um, And I would connect that to perhaps Whitney Johnson's work on S-curves and other people that have talked about how you grow as an individual. And oftentimes the inflection point is, is a gift in disguise. It, it's the thing that propels you to whatever your next state of, of operations is going to be. And sometimes it doesn't look like good news, but sometimes it really is good news in disguise. You really did turn the book into a really good uh, personal and professional learning tool. As you researched and wrote the book, what was the most surprising thing that you learned? I think the first big surprise was how long these things take. Um, and, you know, that continues to surprise me. I've, I was warning people about Uber and WeWork back in 2015. And did anybody listen to me? No. Um, and, you know, I thought it would all fall apart much more quickly than it has. So the, the durability of some of these things that simply can't be true continues to astonish me. So I think the fact that even though we have, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, things move so fast, things move so quickly, la, 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 which is true in some ways, but but in others, the progress is glacial. Um, so I think that's one, this, this timing dimension was, was very interesting. The other thing that I found really stunning was as I would probe into specific inflection points that had a big impact, you know, there were always people, always people who saw the implications uh, inside the organizations that were most severely affected. So BlackBerry or Nokia would be an example very close to my heart or a General Electric, you know, that sort of fell off the truck. And there were always people who really had a very clear view of the implications of this change. And yet not at the strategy table, not consulted, um, disregarded because, oh, you know, there's Joe being the crackpot again, or, you know, Susie's just being a loudmouth. Um, and yet, had those people been part of the conversation, you know, at least you might have had a more holistic uh, response. So I think that was a big surprise, how 
how it wasn't this, this thing just lurched out of the blue and nobody had any idea. No, you know, there were often very vigorous debates inside these organizations with people who saw what was coming, but often they couldn't break through to the decision-making people. Rita McGrath, speaker, strategic advisor, professor at Columbia Business School, and author of Seeing Around Corners, How to Spot Inflection Points in Business Before They Happen. Thank you so much, Rita, for joining us. If somebody wants to connect with you, maybe they want to get a copy of your book. How can they go about doing that? Oh, visit my website, RitaMcGrath.com uh, is a great place to start. I have a YouTube channel. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter, all the usual places. But I think the sort of central hub is really the website. Thanks you again so much, Rita, for your, for your time. A pleasure. And, and find more of my interviews right here or on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, or tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.